Welcome back to Field Notes by Ag Choice, an educational podcast focused on inspiring growth in our families, businesses, and rural communities. Thanks for listening. My name is Rachel Sadison, and with me today is Thad Taylor, Director of Agribusiness Lending and Forest Product Specialist with Ag Choice Farm Credit. Ag Choice recently released its Forest Products Industry Outlook, a document which provides a current assessment of for the forest products industry in Pennsylvania. The Outlook is available at agchoice.com under the News and Education tab. Thad is joining us today to share highlights from the Outlook and his perspectives on the forest products industry. Thad, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So, Thad, let's have you start by having you share with our listeners a bit of an overview of your perspective of market conditions right now in the forest product industry. Sure, glad to. One of the things that's most significant is the rapid rise in U.S. hardwood lumber pricing. The kiln-dried U.S. grade lumber average is up about 62% year over year compared to where it was this time last year, and up about 23% what was the previous high water mark in 2014. We've also seen raw material prices, that is the timber stumpage material that ultimately gets converted into lumber in sawmills. We've seen timber stumpage prices come up about 52%. So that started to compress what have been really strong margins for most sawmill operations in Pennsylvania. We see those margins get compressed a little bit, but not a whole lot. One of the more interesting things we've seen in this price run-up compared to some of the other ones I've seen here in about 18 years I've been with Ag Choice is that there's an awful lot of U.S. Federal Reserve-driven stimulus that's come into the U.S. economy that's not only drive, driven up prices indirectly, let's say for U.S. hardwood lumber, it's also driven up prices for a lot of consumer goods and a lot of purchases that are current in our economy, one of which is real estate prices and rural real estate prices. So what we're seeing in the hardwood lumber market right now isn't a perfect picture of just demand-related forces. There are some uh, supply impacts and also some noise in the economy that comes from the sheer size of the federal stimulus that's made its way into the economy. One of the bright spots we're seeing right now is that foreign demand for U.S. hardwood lumber is back up. We saw that fall off quite a bit in 2020, mainly due to COVID-related impact. But we're seeing foreign demand for U.S. hardwood logs and hardwood lumber up significantly right now. That's that's a bonus. One of the things I'll mention about our outlook, it's a forest products industry outlook, but it tends to be focused on the activity here in our lending area in Pennsylvania, which is a hardwood dominated geography. The U.S. forest products industry is much bigger than just our hardwood industry here. And one of the things I won't talk about a whole lot in in our outlook is U.S. softwood prices, which have been a really important story on the news for the last year. But a lot of our outlook is really going to be focused on hardwood related markets. Uh, One of the last things here I'll talk about as far as overview update is going to be overall U.S. economic expansion in the form of GDP and some of what's going on in in housing right now. We're seeing somewhat favorable trend in U.S. housing driven by some pent-up demand and uh, overall demographics and household formation. We're seeing 
fairly large segment of the population entering the stage of life where they want to be moving out and having children and forming households and having a house of their own. And we're also seeing decent economic expansion in the form of GDP right now. I think uh, global economic expansion is probably going to be in the five to six neighborhood for 21 and 22. And we're going to see both developing economies and developed economies both have decent positive GDP growth, at least in the short term. So those are probably the biggest highlights and, and overview items for this particular Ag Choice Forest Products Outlook. Thanks, Thad. So within the Forest Products Industry Outlook, the document outlines five items on what you call the Forest Products Industry Watch List. Could you share with our listeners about the Outlook's Watch List? Certainly. These are five or so things that would fall into the category of things that keep a person up at night or things that really kind of have my attention as a credit person and a lending person. And the same sorts of things that would have most of our clients um, paying attention to throughout the year, at least here in the, the near term. One is really labor shortages. This has been a topic of discussion for years, but it's really starting to show up in the form of absenteeism and the ability to fully participate in the demand right now that a lot of hardwood sawmills and logging operations in our charter territory are seeing is the inability to fully participate in the demand that's out there simply because the surge capacity in both logging and sawmilling can't occur today like it would have say 20 years ago mainly because of tightness in the labor market so that's something that i think is going to continue to define our industry's ability to outproduce or surge when there is uh, capacity in the marketplace to from a pricing and demand standpoint to, to offer that. Next would be housing starts. Housing starts are a big part of the whole you know, national economic story, but it's not even across the entire United States. There are places where additional housing construction is occurring in, in places where it's not. And uh, labor force participation rate is one of the things I always look at with the potential for the housing market to expand in the U.S. I think those two things have gotten a little bit decoupled over the last several years, mainly because we have retirees that don't need to be uh, in, the, in the labor force. And when we have cohorts, the population from an age class distribution standpoint that aren't even across all of the age classes. Uh, for instance, we have you know, a large segment of the population disproportionately so in, in baby boomers and then uh, another large cohort that's bigger than the surrounding age classes in the uh, Gen X segment of the population. When those large portions of the population either change a stage of life or change their participation in the labor force, it does impact housing related economics. And right now, I think we can expect to see continued strong housing at least for a little while, irrespective of the labor force participation rate. Uh, the third thing that, that's on my mind is the stimulus effect. The uh, Federal Reserve balance sheet has about doubled here in the past year related directly to um, pandemic-related and post-pandemic-related uh, policy decisions. And whether directly or indirectly, that massive balance sheet expansion, it has an impact on economic behavior in the United States. It has a big impact on pricing 
And I think as we see some of that stimulus come out of the economy, it's going to be difficult to predict exactly how the economy is going to respond to that. I think it's potentially we could see um, some disruption from an inflation related standpoint. We could see basically hardwood lumber prices. I think we could see them come off quite a bit. The fourth thing that is always on our mind from a from a lending and risk standpoint is invasive species in the forest, whether it's the species that you know have an outbreak uh, that have been with us for a long time, like say gypsy moth, but doesn't impact the forest every year, or uh, something like emerald ash borer or spotted lanternfly. One of the things those insect pests can do is introduce quarantine boundary lines right in the middle of our chartered territory that impact client's ability to transfer logs or lumber or other forest products across quarantine boundary lines. That's less of an issue right now with uh, spotted lanternfly and emerald ash borer, mainly because the emerald ash borer is across the entire state, and therefore there aren't quarantine boundary lines uh, that impact that kind of travel. Additionally, we're seeing kind of the tail end of our viability of our ash and ash-related sanitation harvests that have been happening for the last uh, 10 years. We're seeing the end of that. But the spotted lantern fly, it, it presents a concern about half the state or thereabouts is in a uh, designated area right now. And there's quite a bit of compliance regulation that you know, truckers and loggers have to uh, pay attention to as they're moving into and out of that quarantine zone. Not that spotted lanternfly kills our forest species, but it's a species of bug that has to be controlled, and some of those control measures can cause disruptions with, as far as regulatory compliance. Probably the last thing I'll mention is this brand new pandemic assistance for timber harvesters and log haulers. It's less of a risk area, but it's on the watch list, mainly because our industry has not historically received the same kind of consistent support through policy and um, assistance as traditional ag producers uh, have received. So this is kind of new here, this um, pandemic assistance for timber harvesters and, and haulers. And I wanted to make sure and at least get that out there. When I tested the, the numbers here, this $200 million figure against the total payrolls in the U.S. forest products logging sector, it's a significant amount of money. So I wanted to make sure that readers knew about this. So those are probably my top five watch list items, Rachel. Great. Thanks, Thad. Yeah, good discussion there on some key items for us to watch and really the, consider the impacts that they might have. So as we conclude here today, Thad, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Two things I'll share. One is anytime we have a lot of change in whether it's lumber pricing or U.S. economic performance, and we have that kind of change in a hurry. I always get nervous about writing this outlook because I fear the minute it finally gets through final edits, if I start writing it in the beginning of August and it's done by the end of August, in that four-week time span, it could become irrelevant really quickly, especially when we have quick movements in certain macroeconomic factors in, in our economy. I am lucky in this particular case that Things haven't moved too much since we initially published this, but that kind of thing is always a concern or something that makes me nervous. But this particular outlook has held up pretty well since we initially published it a couple of weeks ago. I'm happy about that. But I do encourage readers. My second thing here is 
I encourage readers to uh, take a moment to read and digest the outlook. There's an awful lot in there, and we won't be able to do justice to it here on this particular podcast, but uh, I encourage readers to take a moment and dig through that. Great. Thank you, Thad. And I'll remind our readers that that document is posted at agchoice.com under the News and Education tab. So, Thad, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. And also, thanks thanks for your work on the Outlook. It's really a helpful resource and tool for our industry. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Rachel. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, plus subscribe and share it with a friend. As always, you can head over to agchoice.com slash podcast to view the transcript and listen to other episodes. To catch all the latest from us, follow along on Facebook and Instagram at agchoicefarmcredit.